Welcome to The Everglow, a podcast with real advice you can actually use to live a better, happier life, especially if you're an empath. No burning sage, no crystals, no BS. Join me as I travel the world sharing the valuable lessons I learned. Hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this to get new episode updates. What is up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of The Everglow, starring yours truly, AB3. On today's episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, the law of attraction. Now, the law of attraction has been around since the start of time, uh, but the term the law of attraction was coined and commercialized back in around 2006. Uh, when this book came out by an author named Rhonda Byron, who made this book literally just simply called The Secret. And I think it was 2006, if I'm not mistaken, which was also followed up with a, a DVD, which gained worldwide notoriety. Everybody across the planet was watching this thing, reading the book, uh, because essentially, and this thing was making the rounds on the news as well, because essentially what it was promising was that if you read this book, or watched the movie, you could literally have anything you wanted in life. You could literally manifest anything you want. And so essentially what the secret is, the whole secret is in fact, just that what you think about, you bring about, that your thoughts become things. And by thinking in a certain way, you could have anything you wanted. And these sorts of things had already been kind of getting in society's minds decades earlier, uh, thanks to authors such as Napoleon Hill. Uh, There are a number of books which are out there which kind of say the same thing, which had come out, you know, long before The Secret, such as uh, Think and Grow Rich or As a Man Thinketh. One of those two books, if I'm not mistaken, was even banned by the church because, and I don't know if that's true, you can Google it, But my understanding is one of those books was banned by the church because people started reading the books and they were starting to realize that they could actually get the things they wanted without praying to God, but by, in a way, praying to themselves. Because that kind of is the power of the secret, although Rhonda Byron doesn't go into it. Uh, the, The whole law of attraction slash the secret is about how you are kind of your own God. If all God is, is this omnipotent being that has the power to create anything you want, like a genie, then essentially if that's all the a God is, then you have that power within you. And this book and the law of attraction is really that power of God within you to create and manifest the things you want. And so I highly recommend, I mean, the thing is so old now, you can probably get the DVD Actually, I think it was even on Netflix streaming for a time, but if you want to buy the DVD, it's literally, I'm sure you can get it for 50 cents on Amazon or eBay. There's so many copies and it's so old now, but it's it's a really uplifting video because uh, if you're even in a bad mood, there's just <laughs> there's really just something so positive about it that you can't help but feel good after you watch it because the story really narrates all these different people and these crazy success stories they've had by using the law of attraction and enacting it. My guess is if you're listening to this, you probably already know what the law of attraction is anyway, because 
most people that are spiritual and into self-improvement have already come across this. Now, the law of attraction actually is scientifically broken down to, in my opinion, the science of quantum physics or quantum mechanics. Uh, quantum mechanics or quantum physics is the actual science where they've run actual tests where you can see that just by observing, uh, observing something, the molecules or particles actually change their behavior. So imagine if you look at something, the way that thing behaves actually changes, which is fascinating. And it's actually all been proven. So I won't go too far down that rabbit hole discussing the double slit experiment. I don't know why I love the name of that experiment so much. But anyways, one of the experiments which kind of show how human observation changes the way I believe electrons um, electrons behave. But uh, I wanted to read a few you know, quotes from The Secret so you can kind of get an idea of you know, what it's, what it's gearing towards and how it discusses your thoughts, how thoughts be can become things. So here are a few quotes and then we'll talk about, um, you know, some of my stories and you have them too. And you just maybe don't realize it because getting whatever you want doesn't always mean it's a good thing. If you're a negative thinker, you also attract negativity and negative uh, circumstances in your life. But here are a few quotes to get the ball rolling from the book. Your thoughts become things. There is a truth deep down inside of you that has been waiting for you to discover it. And that truth is this. You deserve all good things that life has to offer. Your power is in your thoughts. So stay awake. In other words, remember to remember. The truth is that the universe has been answering all of your life, answering you all of your life, but you cannot receive the answers unless you are awake. Remember that your thoughts are the primary cause of everything. Ask once, believe you have received, and all you have to do to receive is feel good. And finally, you are the one who calls the law of attraction into action, and you do it through your thoughts. So you can see some of these quotes from the book. Uh, it's the same kind of story over and over, which is kind of hammering into your head that just be very mindful of your thoughts. Be, be careful with what you're thinking, because if you are thinking that, oh, shit, um, my day's going to suck today. I woke up, I stepped in cat vomit, and then I stubbed my toe on a table. Right, right away, you start off with a bad mood and your day tends to trend downhill pretty quickly from there. You go to your car, it has a flat tire. You get rendered on your way to work back when people used to drive to work. Uh, and then you get some nasty emails when you open your computer work. And the theory is that the reason your day is going like that is because in part it started off bad and because now you're thinking negatively, you're attracting more and more negative uh, you know, things happening, more circumstances, more negative events into your life. And I see that every day. I saw that this past week. This has been a pretty rough week for me. Um, just I found myself kind of repeating some bad behaviors in the sense that I was getting like stressed easily again because I have some family stuff going on. And, uh, you know, I'd wake up, make the mistake of checking my phone, you know, see something I didn't like. I'd, now, before I'm even out of bed, my eyes are half open. I'm already kind of like in a bad mood. And sure enough, that follows up with a phone call about some bad news which follows up with an argument with some dummies about something else. And 
really difficult clients that don't know what boundaries or don't know what voicemail is, I guess. They love to call and call and call within the same hour. Um, anyways, another story. But my point is, you know, if you start off bad the day, then the day is going to go like that. And it, part, the argument is that you're actually manifesting all of those things. You're manifesting getting rear-ended to work. You're manifesting manifesting getting into an argument with somebody on the phone because you're thinking negatively and you're thinking, man, why is life so hard? Why is all this shit happening to you? So more shit's going to happen to you. On the flip side, uh, positive people tend to attract more positive events in their life. And that's not to say that nothing bad ever happens, but it means that by not dwelling on that one bad thing that happens, fewer bad things ultimately end up happening because they're not now starting the avalanche of more shit, you know, coming into their lives that's negative. So with that said, uh, I thought it would be interesting to not just sit here blobbing on about what the law of attraction is. Like I said, I think anybody who's at this stage of the game probably knows it very well, but I thought it would be fun to talk about some of my own law of attraction stories. Um, and I'm going to give you one that it literally defies the odds of even winning the Powerball lottery. And you think I'm, you'll probably think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. And actually the odds can be quantified because it involved errantly dialing a phone number and actually having my friend answer it, even though it wasn't her phone number, if that makes any sense. Uh, but I'll get to that story because that's kind of like my climax to my few stories. So one of my stories is this regarding the law of attraction and attracting things into my life. I remember the, although I've always been doing it, but I remember the time, you know, when I really wanted to get into law school, I was living in Toronto at the time and I was kind of miserable there. Uh, my parents had moved down to LA and I felt really lonely up in Toronto. Uh, I was living in a bad area. My business school, you know, I was done with business school. Everybody had kind of started off with life from there on in, you know, they were working their full-time jobs, getting married, maybe having kids, whatever. And what I found was that essentially I was feeling stuck. I was feeling stagnated and I didn't want to stay there. I couldn't really get a job that I liked in Toronto. And I didn't really do great on the what's called the LSAT, the LSAT to get into the schools that I wanted to. The LSAT is the, the school, it's like a standardized multiple choice test to get into law schools. And I got a score that was okay, but it wasn't good enough for some of the schools that I really wanted to go to in Los Angeles. So long story short, you know, I just envisioned myself, I really, really wanted to go to Pepperdine. I had a reason, there's a reason I wanted to go to Pepperdine. That's because I was supposed to have done my MBA at Pepperdine and I got accepted there to do my MBA, I even put my deposit in, and foolishly, I didn't follow my gut. I just thought I would do something easier, potentially, and stay closer to home at the time and go to Tor the University in Toronto to do my MBA. Um, not, the not the University of Toronto, but another university in Toronto that had a well-known and uh, highly ranked MBA program. And uh, when I made that decision, it was too late to go back. Because as soon as I walked into that school to start my MBA, I knew I'd made a mistake. Um, and so therefore, I always felt like I had made a bit of a wrong turn in my life when I started uh, school in Toronto because I, I realized I was not cut out for that city. 
Um, nothing seemed to kind of work for me there. Again, law of attraction, right? Like I was thinking negatively, so things quote unquote weren't working like they should or like they normally would for me when I would follow my instinct. Uh, long story short, I'd always felt like I'd made a wrong turn going to Toronto. And that wrong turn had started where I had declined going to Pepperdine. And so I thought, you know what, since I don't want to be in Toronto and I want to go to law school, I want Pepperdine to be my choice of law school. So let me try to get back on track. Let me let this car, this GPS in the car, reroute me back to where I was supposed to be to fulfill my destiny of happiness and nonsense like that. And so I was really trying to get into Pepperdine originally. And wrote the LSAT, I got waitlisted, I didn't get in to any of the schools I wanted to. And I was down in the dumps. I was like, fuck, I got to spend another year in Toronto. I couldn't run back to Ottawa because, you know, my parents had moved. I didn't, I was just kind of lost. And, but I, I would, I, would, I kept envisioning going to Pepperdine. Like it was in my mind. Like I just loved the layout. It's this, if you don't know about Pepperdine, maybe you're listening to me from another country or another part of the United States. Pepperdine is this beautiful, one of the most beautiful universities I've seen in my life. It's, it's in Malibu, California. It is literally on the ocean. And you just get there and you feel like amazing. It, like it almost doesn't even matter what happens in class because you're surrounded by such beauty. Uh, it really adds to your, your experience. But I'd always envisioned studying law at Pepperdine and, uh, you know, waking up, driving to school, graduating with my law degree, going to graduation there because I have the graduation right on the front area with the grass overlooking the ocean. And I had, I had that... I had that image fixed in my head. Like, I'm like, this has to happen. It's what I want. And I've never not gotten what I wanted in life. And, uh, you know, I didn't get in that first year. And I was like, fuck. And I did the LSAT again. And I kept pushing with them. I, I knew I did everything. I, I, did, I showed the universe that I wanted it. I My dad met, met with the chancellor there. I redid the test. I talked to admissions. And lo and behold, I ended up getting waitlisted. Uh, but I didn't get in the second time around. But uh, it didn't matter because I had found an amazing school in Orange County that really sang to me as well. Like I went to visit it and the energy was amazing. The people at work, there were friendly. Like I, it was like, well, I didn't get into Pepperdine, but I got into this other school and this school is amazing too. And sure enough, I followed my gut and I went. And again, I also didn't know whether I should do that, go to that school because I thought, well, what if Pepperdine opens up and... There's also a third, by that point, there's another school that had let me get in uh, called Southwestern. And I was like, fuck, what do I do? Which school do I go to? Uh, but I followed my gut. I thought, okay, I thought, okay, in, you know, enough with the research. Let me feel all these places out again. And sure enough, I, I, I stuck with my guns and it worked. I got in and, well, obviously I knew I got in, but I mean, it ended up being like a fantastic law school experience for me. Like I had great friends. I did, a re I did really well academically. I enjoyed where I was living. Uh, it was fun. Like, you know, I'd, I'd heard all these horror stories about law school and I didn't experience any of that. Like I actually found law school enjoyable and it wasn't cutthroat and all this nonsense and people weren't jerks or anything like that. I mean, I'm speaking just for my school, uh, Chapman, it was a fantastic school. And the, you know, uh, but me being the stubborn guy I am, uh, I actually admittedly applied to Pepperdine to transfer into Pepperdine Law my second year of law school um, because I still had that dream nagging in my heart. And there were some advantages to going to the school at that time too. It was going to be, my parents live much closer. 
So I could have just, you know, lived at home, saved a lot on rent and whatever else. But I actually ended up applying and guess what? I got in. So after all these, all I hear, all those years and me holding the vision in my, my heart, I applied and I got in. And just so you guys know, transferring into law school, another law school is difficult, especially when it's a, a well-ranked law school. It's very hard because um, I wasn't going to transfer as a visiting student. I was going to literally transfer and finish my law degree there the last two years. And they only take, these schools only take a few students a year as transfer students. Um, so that was a really difficult summer for me because I'm like, man, I'm doing so well where I am. I've formed so many good friendships. And I love the school. Everything's working. Like uh, everything's clicking. And that positivity was resulting in more and more positive things happening. And I was like, fuck, what do I do? And I'm like, do I go to Pepperdine or not? It's been my dream for so long. Do I do it? And you know what? I decided I'm not going to go. I didn't go. Uh, I, I turned them down very reluct reluctantly. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't feel wrong about it because I felt like I would be giving up the known, which was a very good known, by the way, uh, for an unknown where I'd have to, even though I would love the school, I, I wouldn't be able to necessarily form all of these connections and bonds with new friends, et cetera, that I already had going on for me. Um, I didn't want to risk my happiness to maybe only be as happy at the at Pepperdine only because I would have been transferring and so I, I didn't end up going um, but I want I want you to kind of see how the universe still gave me what I wanted because I had held that that thought in my head because watch what happened my last year of law school at Chapman I kind of went through some stuff I guess you could call it a little breakup I mean it was the it was the end of academia for me so I went I was going through some stuff in my head like I couldn't I guess you I guess you could call it depression. I mean, I'm not I don't consider myself a depressed guy, but I was just having a hard time functioning because I'm like, I'm at the end of my cliff here, no more academia. What do I do next in life? Uh, and I was kind of down in the dumps. And when you're done law school, you're supposed to take this course called Barbary. And you take that course to prepare you specifically for the the bar exam, the licensing exam to get your your attorney license or law license. So that yeah, last year of law school was really effed up for me. It may sound weird, but all these years later, I still don't know what my grades were in my last year of law school because I never opened my last two report cards for law school. Um, I know that sounds crazy. I, to this day, de a decade later, I still have no idea what my grades were. Obviously, I passed, but uh, I'm curious. But anyways, long story short, I uh, because I was so down in the dumps, I couldn't wait to get out of Orange County at that point, mostly because I just wanted to be closer to... I wanted to be back with my parents. I needed that emotional support and love and I needed that reset. So normally when law school would have ended, I would have stayed right there in Orange County to take this, you know, month and a half long bar prep course. And the bar prep course is called Barbary. It essentially is teaching you law, the law that you'd learned for the last three years. It's like a refresher to drill it back into your head so you're ready for the, this lengthy bar exam. And so because I was so messed up in my head, I'm like, I didn't end up staying in Orange County. I said, let me just go back to LA to be close with my parents. But I still had to take the Barbary exam. And guess what ends up happening? The closest school it turned out to take the Barbary uh, course happened to be Pepperdine. <laughs> so just like my dream had been five years earlier, I was now actually spending the summer driving every day from home 
along this beautiful drive to Pepperdine every single day, studying law. And it's amazing because the universe doesn't always give you what you want the way you think you're going to get it, but it's going to give you what you want. And okay, maybe I didn't go to Pepperdine for three years to get my law degree from them, but I ended up studying law there, which was actually what the dream was. And if you think that's freaky, check this one out. A very good friend of mine, Peely, I met her after you know I started working here and she was at Pepperdine. We had hired her as an intern at the law firm I was with at the time. And she actually was studying at Pepperdine. So I would ended up hanging out with her at Pepperdine a couple of times. And then we became good friends. And guess what? She invited me to her graduation. So if you can believe this, about two or three years after I graduated, I, I was actually attending Pepperdine Law School graduation. It wasn't my graduation, but there I was attending the graduation. And why it's so relevant is because one of the major things in my head is I kept envisioning this five, six, by then, seven years ago. Um, by the time I went to the graduation, I'd been envisioning this that moment for like seven years at least. There I was watching graduation go down, exactly how I thought it was going to go down. And it just showed that like I, what I wanted didn't happen necessarily when I thought it would happen. And what I wanted didn't necessarily happen how I thought it would happen. But it happened and I got what I wanted. Like the universe twisted and turned events in such a way that I went to Pepperdine to study law and I went to Pepperdine law graduation. Like I got it. And so that's one of my one of my favorite uh, law of attraction stories. And there's a similar one I'm going to tell you. Sorry, this podcast is getting really long and I haven't even gotten to some of my good ones. But whether you know it or not, you yourself have been having these law of attraction moments throughout your entire life, whether you've, you know, placed a label on it being the result of the law of attraction, even something so simple as the following. I see an ad for pizza and suddenly I get a craving for wanting pizza and I'm like, man, I wouldn't mind some pizza. And then I forget about it. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, I drive over to my parents' house and lo and behold, they just have bought an entire pizza and ask me, hey, do you want some pizza? In a way, that's also the law of attraction because what are the chances that, you know, they get pizza right when you were thinking about it? Um, or, you know, if you're, ha you're having a shitty day, you're like, what can go wrong next? And you get a flat tire. So you've been practicing the law of attraction your entire life. And it's really fascinating because a lot of people, a lot of pretty much every religion says that if you pray for something, you know, God will give it to you. But if you really think of it, it's really you asking the universe or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's you putting that energy out there that you want something and the universe giving it to you by twisting and bending circumstances in your favor. I forget who said it, but it's a really famous saying where they say, you know, if you desire something, the universe will conspire in your favor. If I'm not mistaken, it was from the book called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Highly recommend, by the way. I think it's Bill Clinton's, uh, one of his favorite books. So take, take a look at that book. That's just a story, but it's a very fun story. And if you look at all these religions, they really kind of mimic the same thing. Whereas, you know, quantum physics explains how your thoughts become things. Uh, religion, on the other hand, kind of confers some omnipotent being as the one conferring your dreams upon you. 
but it doesn't even matter because at the end of the day, it's about asking for something. And let me end today's uh, law of attraction dialogue with the following story, which will blow your mind to the extent that even the most skeptical of people have a hard time calling this a coincidence. So this happened about a little bit over a decade ago, maybe about a decade ago. Uh, I had flown to Toronto. I was staying at one of my friend's places. I was staying in this condo. And, uh, you know, it had been a few, several years since I had lived in her, to Toronto at that point. I was just up there to visit. And I was lounging at my friend's condo. I had nothing to do. You know, all my friends are working in the daytime. I'm there on vacation. So I had some spare time. And I was looking at my cell phone and my phone numbers. And I saw the phone number for my friend, Walmar. Uh, Walmar was a friend of mine when I was working in Toronto. And he had nothing to do with my MBA friends. You know, I'd met him at a place I was working at. He'd never met my MBA friends. He had nothing to do with them. And for those of you that are from Toronto or from any big city, Toronto has a number of area codes, you know, uh, for their phone numbers. There's not just one area code. It's a big city. So there are a whole bunch of different area codes. There's there's the 416 area code, 647, 905. You know, by now there are probably more just because there's so many people, just like in LA, there's so many you know, area codes attached to phone numbers. I'm telling you that for a reason. You'll see in a minute. So I hadn't talked to my friend Walmart in years since I'd moved. And I was doing nothing. And I thought, you know, let me call my friend Walmart's phone number. Now, just to see what was up and say, hey, I'm in town. How are you doing? What have you? I don't know why it even occurred to me to reach out to Walmart because I literally hadn't kept in touch with him or talked to him in years. I have a lot of friends in Toronto. There are no offense to him. There are other people I probably would have, you know, made plans with to see whatever. But check this out. One of my very, very good and very close friends in Toronto, her name is Rebecca. We hadn't uh, talked in a bit, but, you know, we were supposed to meet up a couple of times during my trip there. She's one of my best friends. And throughout the day, I had been thinking about her, obviously. And I was thinking about all the good times we had and like our time in MBA. And, um, you know, I just, her, her and I being really close friends, I really wanted to see her, even though I, you know, I was going to see her throughout the trip anyway. And I'd been thinking about her a lot for whatever reason. I don't know if that happens to you sometimes. You, you, somebody gets in your mind and you're just kind of thinking about them and your friendship with them and what have you. And so check this out. I open my phone and I dial my friend Walmart's phone number. A couple of things you should note. Walmart... This was a cell phone and it had a 647 area code. I dial the phone number for Walmart. My friend Rebecca, on the other hand, she being in Northern Toronto had her cell phone, I believe had a, for whatever reason, or her phone number had a 905 area code. So check this out. Walmart and Rebecca, Walmart and Rebecca, by the way, don't know each other. They've never known each other. They don't live close to each other. They have nothing to do with each other. So I open my phone. I look at the phone number for Walmart, which I don't even know if it works anymore because it's been so many years. I pick up the landline at my friend's house and I dial Walmart's phone number. Ring. Ring. A girl answers. Confused. Neil? I'm like, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. I think this is the wrong phone number. The girl says, how did you get this phone number? And I'm confused now because I recognize the voice. Do you ever have these situations where 
you know, like you have a glass of apple juice in front of you, but you think it's Coke in it or something. So you drink it, but your brain for a second thinks you're drinking um, apple juice. But then after a split second, you, your taste buds kick in. You're like, wait, this doesn't taste like what I thought it was going to taste. Then you realize you drank something different. I had that moment because here I was expecting Walmart to answer. He didn't answer, but another human being answered who had a girl's voice. But then I recognized the voice, but I almost didn't because I was so confused. And then I was like, uh, wait, huh? Rebecca? And she's like, again, whoa. Even she was like, her voice was dazzled. Like she was flabbergasted. I I was just confused. I'm like, huh? And then I thought, maybe I dialed her number by accident. So you check this out. She's like, how did you get this phone number? I'm like, well, and the more that time passed, the more we started talking, we're like, well, I, I, maybe I dialed your number by accident, but then I looked at the number on the display. I'm like, no, no, I, I'm, I dialed my friend Walmart's number. She's like, oh my God. So check out what happened. This, even this, to this day, it gives me goosebumps. My friend Rebecca's, her husband had lost his cell phone. So the cell phone company had given him a temporary phone number. That temporary phone number that they gave to her husband's cell phone happened to be my old friend Walmart's, I guess now, former cell phone number. Not only that, he didn't even answer his own cell phone. She answered his cell phone. So let me put this into some perspective for you in case you've kind of lost where I was going with the story. I had dialed my friend Walmart's phone number. But somehow, my friend Walmart's phone number was now temporarily assigned to another human being, but the human being answering that other human being's phone wasn't even the right person who that number temporarily belonged to. I honestly believe that had I closed my eye, the law of attraction, I was very good at practicing the law of attraction back then, but I honestly believe that had I closed my eyes and just hit random phone numbers on the keypad that day, somehow I would have still had Rebecca answer. Because the chances of that happening, imagine all the different area codes, all the different phone number combinations that exist in the world and you know, within three or four different area codes, it's gotta be in the, like, I don't even know what it is. It can't, it, it's gotta be in the hundreds of millions, maybe a billion, right? Literally. Like, do, I, do the factorials on it. Somebody can do the math. And if you do, post it in the comments because I'm curious myself. But I had dialed a phone number for an old friend and the friend that I was really thinking of in my mind answered the phone, even though it wasn't even her phone number and it wasn't even her phone and they have nothing to do with each other. And to this day, we bring that story up and it's so fantastic. Like, take a look at this. A phone number has a total of 10 digits, the area code and then seven numbers. And not only was I not dialing her area code, but <laughs> I still got through to her. Like, and we were like, holy shit. And it's in moments like those that you realize you can literally bend the universe to do anything you want it to do. And I honestly believe you could even win the lottery if you really wanted to. Because there's a reason certain people win. There are people that actually, you can Google this, there are people that win the lottery all the time. Um, and is that a coincidence? 
So that is my my most famous law of attraction story because you could actually quantify the odds or the probability of that happening. You could actually quantify it. Whereas a lot of other things people can say, oh, it's a coincidence your parents get pizza right when you think about it. Oh, it's a coincidence that you went to do law, you kind of do law at Pepperdine. Like, you know, it's a coincidence that this girl that you liked five years ago who didn't notice you suddenly is like calling you to hang out when you hadn't even thought of her for a while. Like people can attribute what they want to coincidences, but even that example, not even the most senior mathematical people I know would know what to say about it. So that is my favorite law of attraction story. I'm sure you guys have many of them. So why don't you take this time to kind of look at the things you've manifested in your life, both good and bad, because even when something bad happens to me, I always say, I always think to myself, well, how, what did I do? What did I do to manifest this? Uh, even if somebody else fucks me over, I still take responsibility. And so part of the law of attraction is taking responsibility for the things that come into your life, because the more you take responsibility for those things, the more you'll start becoming attuned to what you're thinking. So you can start monitoring your thoughts. This takes years. It can take years. And you're not, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be the Dalai Lama and you're still going to probably um, think about negative things every now and then. It's going to happen, especially if you live in a big city like LA, you know, somebody's going to be a jerk to you. Somebody's going to cut you off in traffic and your mind's going to shift negatively, which can have a cascading effect. But the more positive you think and the more you focus on the things you want, the more you can get over those little hurdles of letting your mind go down the rabbit hole. Um, and one quick, one other quick law of attraction story I want to give you is this. My good friend Dali, who was a guest on the show not that long ago, we met in uh, Central Asia and at the, we'd become good friends by the end of the trip. And check this one out. Uh, one of the songs that we that was kind of like our favorite songs for the trip were it was a song. I believe it was by that uh, famous DJ. It, it's called Shimmer by uh, DJ Tiesto. And one of the lines in the song says, did you know when you go that the lights go down around me? And check this one out. At the end of our trip, we were all in the hotel lobby at the Hotel Uzbekistan in uh Tashkent, Uzbekistan. And we were all saying bye to each other. And for me and Dali, it was like a particularly fond, if you will, uh, farewell, because, you know, we didn't know if we went when or if we'd see each other again. And we had kind of bonded quite a bit during that trip. And we exchanged the words of, you know, you shimmer, which is the name of the song shimmer. And in that moment, you're not going to believe this the lights of the hotel all went out. I'm not even making this up. There's a, a very grandiose chandelier in the lobby. This is a very majestic kind of like old school hotel in Uzbekistan's huge. And in that moment, when we said bye to each other, the lights all went off in the lobby. And everybody was like, huh? And just so you know, you may be thinking, oh, Uzbekistan's some third world dump. It's not. Uzbekistan, especially uh, Tashkent, beautiful uh, city. I mean, Country is beautiful. The city downtown is one of the most amazing, probably cleanest, most organized downtowns I've ever seen. They put the ones here in the United States to shame. So before you think it's some country where the power is always going off, uh, especially in downtown, it's not. <laughs> so in that moment, the lyrics of that song actually manifested into reality where 
we'd been thinking of the song and sure enough, when we, when we were about to part, just like the song says, did you know when you go, all the lights go down around me. And right when we we're saying bye, all the lights went off. And so I, these are just some of the most amazing, you know, stories I have. I have so many more and you do too. So feel free to share them and, and think about them and dwell on them because as you dwell on them, you'll realize, man, this is, there's, this is more than coincidence. And for those of you that just can't get over it and you think this law of attraction stuff is just coincidence after coincidence, then you may be depriving yourself of the magic of life and the magic around you. And you may be depriving yourself of the fact that there is actually the power of God just residing within you. So take a take a peek at that, think about it, you know, dwell on it, and you arrive at your own conclusions based on your own experiences. But this is one of the greatest powers or gifts you can really master. And it's always an ongoing practice. Um, sure, you can focus your life on making money, the stock market, the this, the that, your job. But for me, I don't think there's any greater thing that you can master than your own energy and the law of attraction or quantum physics. It's people like that that can really bring anything and everything they've ever wanted to in their life. And, you know, you can bring up some very negative dark characters like uh, the most recent president and wonder how can a guy like this actually achieve all these things, whether you want to call them achievements or not. Some of them are very negative. But love him or hate him, that guy in his own way was a master of the law of attraction. Because the, no matter the destruction that it caused, he was able to achieve things that he wanted, despite his his obvious lacks, right? So in any event, um, that's all I wanted to say. So, you know, I hope you, I hope you enjoyed this rather lengthy podcast, but I, I couldn't not talk about it. And I'm, I myself am now reading the, more than a sequel, it's probably the trequel or whatever the third one is called, of The Secret. It just came out. Came out. It's hot off the press. It's called The Greatest Secret. And I saw this at Costco the other day, and thank God I got a copy of it. So the greatest secret basically is building on top of the original secret and it's claiming to be uh, even greater. So I'll read you the back of the book, and I'll let you know what the book's about when I'm done it in another podcast. But this is called The Greatest Secret, also by Rhonda Byron. We've missed the truth for thousands of years because we've not looked at what is right in front of us. We've become easily distracted by our problems, the drama in our lives, the comings and goings of the events in the world, and we've missed the greatest discovery we can make that is right here before us. A discovery that can take us out of suffering and into lasting bliss and happiness. So check that out, check that book out, or if, if you wait a bit, I'll do a podcast on what the book's about. But that's all I wanted to say today. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a great Sunday, and I will talk to you on the next one. Thanks again for tuning in to The Everglow, chronicling my life as an empath as I travel the globe. Check us out on Instagram at N-E-I-L-B-H-A-R-T-I-A for more photos related to this and other podcasts.